Welcome to The Sipping Point on WBAL, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forrester, the wine coach. I've made it my mission in life to demystify wine one glass at a time. So expect a fresh and fun approach to the world of wine, food, and so much more. In today's show, I am super excited because we're talking to one of my favorite winemakers in the country, Hugh Davies of Schramsberg Vineyards, and he makes one of my favorite sparkling wines. He's been doing blind tastings all over the country with his U.S. sparkler versus a bunch of the best champagnes in the world, and some of the results are very interesting. We'll also have Stacy Adams of Tasting Gourmet Market in Annapolis, and she's going to show us how to pair wine and cheese so your holiday gatherings are super, super easy. And speaking of holiday gatherings... I am a bubble fanatic. I am not going to have a party that's not going to have a champagne or a sparkling wine. And since we're talking to Hugh Davies of Stromsburg today, I thought it fitting that we taste a couple of his wines before the interview. So let's go ahead and dive right in. I've got two different showings of two different price ranges from Stromsburg. And the first one we're going to try is called Mirabelle from Schramsberg. It's actually their second label. And a lot of wineries make a second label. It's They take their very, very best grapes that go into their most expensive wine, but they hold back grapes that are still really great to make a second label that's more affordable. And I love affordable wine. So Mirabelle Brut means it's dry. That's what Brut means, bone dry. It's a non-vintage sparkler, meaning it's not all grapes from one year. They actually blend grapes from different years to create a consistent house style. Same thing they do in Champagne, France. It's $26.99, so basically $27. And it's a wonderful blend of The primary grapes of Champagne, and the same ones we use here in the U.S., 55% Chardonnay and 45% Pinot Noir. Yes, there are red wines that go into making these white sparklers. So the Brut from Mirabelle is affordable, but it's got this wonderful sense of vanilla with a little bit of lemon and maybe even a, a honey essence. It has what we like to look for in the champagne and sparkling wines. One of the characteristics we look for when we evaluate wines professionally is tiny bubbles. Okay, if you see bubbles in your sparkling wine that look like soda bubbles, watch out. Not only is it probably not the highest quality, but the headache you're going to have tomorrow morning, well, you're going to need to read my chapter in the sipping point called The Dreaded Hangover to figure that out. So it's got tiny bubbles, these wonderful aromas that I mentioned of vanilla and lemon, And then just this great fruit and acidity balance, Ken. I saw you sipping it over there. What do you think? It's just really well balanced. And I want to eat something now that I took the sip. Uh, A little bit. I kind of get. I kind of get the feeling. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with Mm -hmm. any kind of sparkling wines. I think the only kind of sparkling wines I've had in the past have been the. uh, well, the soda kind, you know, right. judging by the hangovers. Yeah, exactly. I, I always joke that I went through a cold duck phase in college. And those of you who have had it, you know what I mean. And they have huge bubbles because some of the very, very inexpensive sparklers, they will carbonate their wines like soda is done. These two wines from Schramsberg are made in the method champenois or the mes- method of champagne, which means the bubbles are created inside of this bottle. 
So it's a very more labor-intensive artisanal process, and so that's why it doesn't cost five dollars <laughs> for a bottle of these wines. Right. But I think for twenty six ninety nine, this is cheaper than probably any starter champagne you're going to find, and it's of the same quality and really great with a lot of hors d'oeuvres and cheeses. We're going to hear more about that later. So I think that is a great way to go when you're having a larger party. But if you're having a really small, intimate gathering and you want something a little bit a step up and something a little bit different, I brought the Schramsberg Brut Rosé. And yes, it is what we used to call pink champagne. But because it's not made in Champagne, France, first of all, that's why we call these sparkling wines. It is pink because what we do is we leave skin contact with the Pinot Noir, which has the red grape skins. It gives it a little bit of color. We don't leave it long enough to make it red, just long enough to make it pink, kind of like making weak tea, if you will. But it's 65% Pinot Noir based and then the 35% Chardonnay. This, because it has more Pinot Noir, you get more of that red fruit, that raspberry and cherry, and it's a bigger style sparkling wine than the other one. I think it's fabulous. You know, you can tell it's a little bit more complex. It's a, it's more elegant. It's forty two ninety nine. Both of these wines are at Wells Discount Liquors. You can find them at wellswine.com. But two good price ranges. What I love about Brut Rosé is that you can pair it with some bigger foods. Like you could do this with a poultry. You could have done this, Ken, with your Thanksgiving. Yeah, probably. I, I think actually looking at it, I was expecting it to be like sweeter, than it actually was. So I think it would actually go with a lot of foods better Absolutely. because it's, it's not, it's, it, it doesn't have that kind of like that sweetie, that's that sweet taste. Exactly. To it. Yeah. And it's sort of, uh, we see pink. It's from the old days of white Zinfandel where it's all ingrained in our brain. That might we, be what I'm thinking of. Hey, we see pink and we think sweet. Well, no, this is a dry, brute, bone dry style sparkling wine. You could do the pork or any kind of poultry, something a little bit bigger. You can really, Pair a whole meal with sparkling wines from start to finish, including meat, if you pick the right style. So these are my two sips of the week. All the details on these wines can be available at thewinecoach.com right now. Go to that site. After the break, we'll be talking to Hugh Davies of Schramsberg Vineyards. And this is The Sipping Point on WBAL. All right. This is Lori Forrester, The Wine Coach, with The Sipping Point on WBAL. And we've been sipping these wonderful wines from Schramsberg Vineyards. And I thought that we might as well just have Hugh Davies, the owner of the vineyards, on with us to talk about. I just think these are amazing wines. But I saw him recently in D.C. We did a blind tasting where we tasted seven sparkling wines. Some were champagnes. Some were not. We had to make observations and rate them all. And then at the end, Hugh gave us the results, and they were very surprising. I'm already a fan of his winery, but I thought the listeners should know all about blind tasting and how this works. Hugh, welcome. Hey, great to be with you, Lori. All right. Well, you're you're. Uh, we're talking to you via California, right? <laughs> I'm in California. Yes, I am. And I was talking about the and sipping, of course, the Mirabelle Brut and the Schramsberg Brut Rosé as great options for holiday parties. Of course, the Mirabelle, a little bit more affordable if you're having a larger gathering, and then for the intimate gathering, the Brut Rosé. But I just thought people should know, because people, I think, always think French champagne. They don't 
um, naturally go to domestic sparklers. You're probably one of the best in the country, if not the best. And so I loved what you're doing with these blind tastings. Can you tell us a little bit more about the project? Yeah, so, uh, you know, the Shramsburg Winery has, has been been going for almost 150 years, actually. It, it's, it's one of the oldest winery properties here in Napa Valley in California, a cool old place. But we had prohibition mm-hmm. in this country. The place was closed down. And then in 1965, my parents reopened the, the, the winery, uh, started uh, on a very small scale uh, at that time. And here we are, 46, almost 47 years later, mm-hmm. uh, still going. Things are, are going very well. But their, their mission, if you will, their, their vision, was for a, a truly world-class sparkling wine uh, to be produced here in California, in the United States. And at that moment in time, there there wasn't a producer in the United States using the Chardonnay, using the Pinot Noir, so those are really mm. the two you know, premium varietals used to make French champagnes. There are others, but those are the 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 the, the two that uh, mm-hmm. you know really hit the top mark. And and so they would uh, they would launch the Schramsberg brand with with this idea in mind. And from the get go, uh, they had some pretty good success. They were able to achieve a, a, a taste, a level of quality that had not been uh, that had not been seen yet at at, at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Fast forward forty six years. Here we are in two thousand. 2011, right. we've evolved a lot. We make a bit more wine. We have national distribution. Right. And, and on the qualitative standpoint, we've been able to develop vineyards in, uh, in, in, in areas here along the north coast of California where there just weren't vineyards before, right. uh, where Chardonnay and Pinot Noir can do very well in, the, in fairly uh, close proximity to the ocean or to the, to the San Francisco Bay. Mm-hmm. And so those, those cool pockets with a lot of fog enable us to, to hang Chardonnay and Pinot Noir for a little bit longer right. uh, to retain very high acidity in, in the wine and, uh, and and ultimately enable us to grow these, these grapes that taste so good on the moment that they're picked that we're able to make sparkling wines that absolutely rivaled the very best made in the world. And, of course, champagne is, is kind of ground zero for yes. you know, ultimate quality sparkling wine. So this blind tasting series, you participated in one of the tastings. Right. We did another this morning. Uh, we're taking our very best efforts, so our, our Tete de Gouvet bottlings. We have one that's called the, the Schramsberg J. Schram, mm-hmm. which is focused on that Chardonnay grape. Uh, the current vintage is 2004. We've had some great accolades this year. It feels like there's a little bit more buzz uh, about our wines in the marketplace than before, which is great. There's another Tete Gouvet called the 2003 Vintage Reserve, and the Reserve is our best Pinot Noir Brut style. So it's not a a red wine like people think of as Pinot Noir, but Mm -hmm. uh, in Champagne and in making these these styles of sparkling wines, you can make a white wine from that red grape. and so. Here, the reserve has just been awesome. So in that tasting we did in D.C., seven wines. Yes. The, the first-place wine was the Schramsberg Reserve. The second-place wine was the Schramsberg J. Schram. Right. Third, I can't remember the exact order, but we had the Krug. We had the Dom Perignon. Yes. We had the Rotor Cristal. We had the Tattinger Comp Champagne and the Perry Jouet Fleur de Champagne. We did another of those tastings this morning here in California. First place, Schramsberg Reserve. Awesome. Um, 
we've done five of them, and w- either the Jay Schramm or the Reserve has won all five tastings this year. Uh, so we're pretty excited. That is really amazing. And what's interesting, the I-rated number one, the Jay Schramm, and what would that retail for in the marketplace? Both of these wines, and that's that's the second part of the story that's right. pretty good. Now, great. We aren't giving them away, right? These are <laughs> seven- and eight-year-old bottles. Right. But they're about $100 retail. You might find them for a little less. Right. You're not going to find a lot of them. They're not everywhere out there. But compared with the the the, the Tete French styles, where your your price point is going to range up towards 130 and all the way up to 200 in the case of, of, right. of say, the Louis Roder Cristal. Those are all good wines. There's nothing wrong with them, but very exciting that there are right. some extraordinary sparkling wines being made here in, 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 the, in the United States, out here in the you know, coast of California. Agreed. And obviously for me, I mean, that's what we do. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for coming on with us. A couple years ago, I came out to the winery there and did Camp Schramsberg, which was an intense, fun training with you. Where can folks get more information about your wines and your camps online? Well, online, there's the Schramsberg website. So, you know, www.schramsberg.com. Schramsberg is spelled with an S. Uh, S is in Sam, so S-C-H-R-A-M-S-B-E-R-G.com. Awesome. And uh, there's, there's, a, there's a good amount of information on our site. All right. Thank you so much, Hugh. Hey, great to be with you. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. All right. This is Lori Forrester, the Wine Coach, and this is The Sipping Point on WBAL. We've come to one of my favorite segments of the show, The Wine Sandwich of the Week. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that's my name for a food and wine pairing that's done right. We've been drinking and hearing all about the fabulous wines and sparkling, that is, from Schramsberg. And one of my favorite pairings for sparkling wine is cheese. But you can't just throw any cheese on the plate with any wine. And so I needed to bring in an expert to help us figure this all out. So I have Stacy Adams from Tastings Gourmet Market in Annapolis. And she's here. She's actually a trained chef and culinary instructor from the Academy de Cuisine in D.C. Hope I said that right. And so I brought in the big guns. But now she has a shop all about wine and cheese and just tasty things. Stacy, thank you so much for coming. Thank you very much, Lori, for having me. And it smells fabulous in here with my sparkling wine and all these cheeses that you brought. What, I mean, who doesn't like cheese? What really drove you to start this market and really focus on all these amazing cheeses? Well, about five years ago, um, I just had to have another expression of my love for food and wine mm-hmm. and um, decided that it was about time to open up a gourmet market, one, though, that was more European in nature. So I love that. An old world style. All of my travels through Europe, uh, through Italy and France and mm-hmm. going into these little cheese shops, um, n- when I came back, I just missed being able to have that kind of food. Right. So I did some research and I said, you know what? I'm just going to open up this market in Annapolis. Oh, that's and awesome. It's we just celebrated our five-year anniversary uh, two weeks ago. It was absolutely phenomenal. I can't thank our um, our uh, customers for their loyalty and their Ah. support over all this time. It's been wonderful. Absolutely. And one of the things I loved about going to Italy and France is that all of these gourmet cheeses, and we're going to talk about the ones you brought here in a second, you have them for breakfast too. (laughs) And so it's so fabulous. We always think of cheese for like cocktails and wine. But they have these kinds of amazing cheeses in the morning as well. And 
you know, sparkling wine might be good in the morning, too, uh, at least after 12. So these two that we have, I have the Mirabelle Brut that I've been tasting, which is mm-hmm. a blend of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. And we've been tasting the Brut Rosé from Schramsberg, both. How do you go about what's the first general rule of pairing cheese and wine that you should start with? Well, let me start with some general pairing guidelines, um, and then we'll talk specifically about sparkling wines or champagne. Great. uh, Specifically. Um, You basically want to follow um, either light textures with light textures, you know, Mm. bigger, bolder, chewy wines with heavier, uh, let's talk in the realm of cheeses, heavier cheeses. Um, You want to look at perhaps contrasting. In other words, if you have a very uh, sweet wine, perhaps you want a very salty cheese. Uh, um, like a have, blue cheese with a port exactly. kind of combo. Right. Okay, love that. And um, and then one of the number one rules I always start with when someone comes in is to look at the actual terroir of where is the wine coming from and then mm. look around and see there has to be a, a, a cheese maker somewhat close right. by. And oftentimes there are. Right. And uh, so if you're in the Loire Valley, they're making these wonderful Sauvignon Blancs. And so what is made uh, most in the Loire Valley are beautiful goat cheeses. Absolutely. And so when you take the wine from the same region and the cheese from the same like region, a you really yeah. can't go wrong. That's that's true. Okay, okay, great. So it's a lot like wine. When I think about wine and food pairing, there are mm-hmm. a lot of the similarities there. So let's talk about some of the cheeses that okay. you brought. Okay, so knowing that today that we were going to be tasting some fabulous Schramsberg sparkling, uh, well, some champagne, uh, they can actually pair with a number of different styles of cheeses. And most people think that it's light, it's bubbly, so let's pair this with a very light cheese. And so mm. one of the first ones that I brought here that's closest to you, this is a Pierre Robert triple oh, creme. Yum. Okay. And now let me tell you a little bit about the uh, what I mentioned earlier about the provenance or where this cheese is coming from. Uh, this uh, style of cheese, the Brie's and the Triple Cremes, uh, originate in southeastern part of uh, outside of Paris. Oh, nice. Now, what is right next to that? But champagne. Pre- exactly. The whole champagne region. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So it's yes. no wonder that Brie's and Triple Cremes go so well with champagne. So intense creaminess, and that is offset by the bubbly freshness yeah. of the sparkling wine. Think of the bubbles in the sparkling wine as little scrubbers for all that wonderful yes. butteriness of the, Ooh, of the Brie. It's just going to cleanse the palate. Pierre Robert just sounds fun to say. <laughs> so next to that is another creamy looking, but not maybe as creamy. What do we have there? This is a very special cheese we just brought in from France. Uh, this is called Delice d'Argentalo Truffe. Wow, easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically what we're looking at is a cheese that's as creamy and intense and light and fluffy as the Pierre Robert. Right. Okay. Uh, however, it's been sliced in half, and mm-hmm. then it's been layered with a truffle cream. Oh, my god! And then the top part put back on. So if you can see. I do see that little difference in color. You have this beautiful black truffle cream in the <gasps> middle of this. So it's stuffed with truffle cream, basically. You can't get more decadent than Ooh, that. And so when that. you're thinking for the holidays, what am I going to serve with my champagne? Right. I'm going straight for the triple cremes. And then if I can get one stuffed with truffles as well, then that just puts it over right. the top. Well, with the the Brut Rosé from Schramsberg, that's a little Mm -hmm. bit bigger, a little bit bolder in the flavors. And what I love is that next to these creamy cheeses, you also have harder looking cheeses, which I always usually think red wines for. And you're here to tell me that we can do we can do these with sparkling wines and champagnes. What do we have on the hard cheese side? You can do hard cheeses with champagne. In fact, 
um, what we're trying to go for here, the harder the cheese is, the saltier it's going to be. Mm. So actually we're working on that balance uh, guideline of uh, balancing saltiness in cheese with the sweetness of the wine. So ideally, okay. the um, the less brute a, a champagne may be uh, is a better pairing for a saltier cheese. Okay. So right here, we have this vintage Gouda, which is yeah. or Houda, as it's correctly pronounced. And these have these wonderful little salty crystals in there. They just oh, yeah. make you salivate. Take a bite oh, here oh, yeah, while definitely. you're talking about it. We actually <laughs> call this, we call this one our um, cheese candy because Ooh. it's very butterscotchy. It's very dense. Mm. And now, if we were pairing this with a normal wine, I would definitely be having a heavy glass of Cabernet yes. okay, with this. And But there's great acidity in sparkling wine and champagne, right. which is going to balance that saltiness it's of perfect. that aged Gouda, mm-hmm. correct? And, um, wow, we didn't even get to talk about all of the cheeses that you have here. But if folks wanted to, you know, wait, let's say they're doing white or red wine, or they just want to think about what they should pair with all the great cheeses in your shop. You have some resources for them, right? We do. On our website, which is tastingsgourmetmarket.com, we have a wine pairing tool on there. And so if you're starting with the cheese, you can put uh, that in and then search for the wines that go with it. If you're starting with the wine, perhaps you can just search for the wine and it'll pull up all the cheeses that match that. And what's the address there for your shop? 1410 Forest Drive. This is in Clock Tower in Annapolis, Maryland. Awesome. Well, I'm going to come on out a little bit later and uh, get some spirits and cheese. Thank you so much, Stacy, for being with Thank us. Thank you, Lord. This oh, is wonderful. Awesome. We're going to be right back with The Sipping Point on WBAL. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach. Thank you for listening to The Sipping Point. I hope you found some great sparkling wine and cheese pairing ideas for New Year's. And I'm wishing you a happy, healthy, and prosperous 2020. 15. If you're looking to stock up with some wine for your celebrations, I hope you'll visit our sponsors, both Hair the Dog in Easton and Wine World in Hartford County. Also, a couple of events coming up in the new year that maybe you want to join me. I'm going to be at Bordelo Vineyards in Eden, Maryland. That's in the Salisbury area on January 17th. It's a whole evening about wine, dine, and punchlines. We're going to drink some great wines from Bordelo, have dinner, and a little bit of comedy. $45 per person only. And then on the 13th of February at 6.30, I'm going to be in New York City at the City Winery. So why not do a little getaway for Valentine's Day and join me on Friday the 13th. It's going to be a lucky one. For my something to whine about wine, comedic wine tasting, $50 per ticket. But if you use the code hashtag winecomedy, you get $5 off. So it's only $45. We're going to be tasting lots of wines and cheese and just have a really fun evening. If you haven't made your plans for New Year's Eve, I've got them for you. Okay. You might want to join my friends at the Oregon Grill. Not only are you going to have an amazing dinner, they've got great wine lists, impeccable service. It's a regular dinner. They're not going to upcharge you or make you opt into some sort of prefix you don't want. It's the regular dinner menu and you get a complimentary champagne toast at midnight. But here's the thing. You want to call them at 410-771-0505 for your reservation. But everybody that attends New Year's Eve at the Oregon Grill gets entered in a drawing for a necklace from Radcliffe Jewelers valued at, get this, $4,600. It's a 14-karat white gold and blue topaz pendant with 
diamonds. Okay, guys? So all you got to do is go out for New Year's Eve dinner, and you may win this for your lovely lady. You definitely want to call them right away to make your reservations, 410-771-0505. And they have several seatings, 5 o'clock, 7.30, and 10. I know you guys are going to have a great evening. And let them know that the wine coach sent you. Wishing you again a very joyous, happy new year. I hope you'll come back next weekend, next Saturday at noon for another episode of The Sipping Point where we explore the recipe for a delicious life. Thanks to our sponsors, The Oregon Grill, Hair of the Dog, Wine World, and Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis.